the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We finally preview Election Day as Elon Musk endorses the GOP in the midterms. If you look at the polling, every major Senate race looks to be about a point or two, give give or take on either side. They're very, very close. Russian entrepreneurs admit to meddling in U.S. elections. We have interfered are interfering and will continue to interfere. Politico now claims voting machines can be hacked after denying hacking in 2020. All kinds of stuff that that you could certainly do within six minutes behind a curtain. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, November 8th. I'm Mike Scott. It is Election Day, and according to most reports, Republicans have the momentum and are on the brink of flipping Congress to GOP control. Many projections have Republicans picking up 30 to 35 House seats and as many as two Senate seats or more. Polling is suggesting that merely 40 percent of Americans approve of President Joe Biden's job performance compared to 45 percent for then-President Obama in 2010. However, congressional approval is near historic lows as well at 21 percent. Ryan Williams, a political strategist, says he's watching Nevada and New Hampshire. I'm watching, too. I'm watching Nevada, where it looks like Adam Laxalt is up about a point on the incumbent Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. And I'm also watching New Hampshire, a race that really wasn't on anybody's radar until about two weeks ago when a, a severely underfunded candidate, a former general, um, Don Baldock, running against incumbent Senator Maggie Hassan, looked like he wasn't going to have the resources needed to be competitive. But that race is neck and neck, and um, it's anybody's guess who's going to win at this point. William states that economics are driving late deciders, and Democrats have a major enthusiasm gap. Well, I think at this point, when you see someone like President uh, Biden or former President Trump come into a, a state to campaign, they're coming in not really to appeal to the, to the broad electorate. They're coming in to fire up the base of their parties. They're, they're, they're coming in to try to turn out the party faithful to make sure they come out on Election Day. It looks like Democrats have somewhat of an enthusiasm gap with Republicans, which is fairly standard in a midterm election when the incumbent party's president is, you know, is running against a, an insurgent party out of power. So they're just trying right now to appeal to, the, to the, the base. They're trying to get them to turn out to vote and then, you know, see where independents go. Independents clearly are affected by the economy. If you look at any kind of polling, inflation and the economy are top of concern, top of their the mind for their concerns. Other issues like, um, you know, gun gun control, abortion and others are not as important issues on kind of the, the grand scale of, of how they rank them. So at this point now, it's really the economic issues that seem to be driving those late deciders as they make up their minds in the final 24 hours. Williams goes on to say that the ground game is really important for the close Senate races. If you look at the polling, every major Senate race looks to be about a point or two, give, it, give or take, on either side. They're very, very close. 
And your ground game and your turnout operation makes the difference in these races. If you're down 10 points, you can have a great ground operation. You're still going to lose. But when it's this close, you know, if you're if you're Democrats, you're focused on that early vote. Democrats uh, tend to get more voters that vote early. Republicans have a bigger election day turnout. So these ground games really will make all the difference in these these races that are that are this close that could determine the balance of power in both chambers. Looking ahead, William says, in his opinion, that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis may go toe to toe with former President Donald Trump for the GOP nomination in 2024. I don't think it's any secret there's tension between the two. Um, and Governor DeSantis is going to have a, a big victory uh, to, tomorrow. He's leading in the polls significantly. So he doesn't really need to associate with President Trump. But look, I don't think it's it, it's it's realistic that we could see these two on a, on a primary ballot for the presidency in a few months, uh, you know, starting the campaign. Uh, Governor DeSantis has a very successful track record here in Florida. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to be dissuaded uh, if, if President, former President Trump just decide to jump in the race again right after this election. So there's definitely tension, and I think we'll see that uh, become even more apparent after the midterm elections. Albert Moeller is president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and says that it's important for every American to get out and vote. So here we are, Election Day 2022, and the choices before us are stark. For the past two years, we've had the House, the Senate, and the presidency controlled by one party. And we have seen and felt the fruits of that. Control of both houses of Congress is now at stake. The contrast of worldviews and policy agendas separating the Democrats from the Republicans has never been more stark. Moral issues are on the table. Religious liberty is on the table. Decades high inflation and financial issues are on the table. In fact, they dominate the cycle. But the protection of liberty, religious liberty, is also part of the equation. I'm speaking about the classical defense of liberty, the vital importance of free associations, and the necessary alignment of human government with human nature. Many of you have already voted. For the rest of you, let me ask you to do your part. Don't let the hot nature of our tense public debate prevent you from being faithful with your vote. Your vote is your voice, and it is your stewardship. Please, vote today. Thank you. Meanwhile, Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, took to his newly acquired platform to make the case that Americans should elect a Republican Congress in the midterms to counterbalance a democratically-led White House. Musk tweeting out, quote, Shared power curbs the worst excesses of both parties. Therefore, I recommend voting for a Republican Congress, given that the president is a Democrat. Musk historically has been an independent who has voted for some Democrats. Former Republican Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich described Musk's comments as very encouraging. On Monday, a Russian entrepreneur, Yevgeny Prigovin, said that Moscow had interfered in the U.S. election and would keep on doing so. Prigovin bragged about his meddling on social media, but Monday's admission wasn't the first time the Russian businessman made the claim. This was the first time the 61-year-old businessman acknowledged interference, and he has ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin. On the eve of Election Day, the Russian financier behind the Internet Research Agency, a Kremlin-linked troll factory previously sanctioned for meddling, admitted as much. Yevgeny Prigozhin saying in remarks shared on social media, we have interfered, are interfering, and will continue to interfere, carefully, precisely, surgically, 
and in our own way. This cybersecurity analyst tells the Daybreak Insider that when it comes to Russian misinformation, they target Americans of all political persuasions. They will target uh, all of the U.S. population, regardless of their political persuasion. However, we've seen most of this content, the covert content at least, being published on alternative social media platforms. So not platforms like Facebook, but platforms like Gab and Truth Social, which are typically uh, not as good as at moderating their content on the mainstream platforms. In the past, the Russian businessman had tried to keep a low profile, but now seems to be interested in gaining political traction for reasons that are a mystery to many experts in Europe. Back in July, an effort to uncover information about Russian interference in American elections had the State Department offering a reward of up to $10 million. Pregovin has also been sanctioned by the Treasury Department for election interference. In an article released on Monday, Political warned that voting machines could be hacked. This came as a surprise to many due to the strident efforts of the media to try and tamp down questions of election integrity back in 2020. According to reporter Eric Geller, attacks on the midterm elections could come from misinformation and hacks of social media accounts, voter registrations, or even campaign websites. He also added that the use of Internet modems to transmit voter data could be targeted by nefarious actors who then manipulate vote tallies. But as many conservatives on social media pointed out, This isn't new information. In fact, three years ago, according to a lengthy report by Jacob Ward of NBC, voting machines had many issues. It turns out that anybody can buy some of the most common machines in use on eBay. What was really alarming was when you see these hackers, and these are people who've never seen these machines before, have had no practice on them for the most part, come in and and engage them. They immediately get into the guts of them. Ward reports that there are many ways to tamper with voting machines. Here these kids were who had opened it up. They said, look, you can pop the front off of it and here's a port you can get into right here. That's easy. You know, all kinds of stuff that that you could certainly do within six minutes behind a curtain, much less uh, if you had extra time because any of these were uh, connected to the web as we discovered a couple of days before um, so many of them are. The piece in Politico comes on the heels of an arrest of a Colorado man who was a registered Democrat on suspicion of tampering with voting equipment by allegedly inserting a USB thumb drive into a voting machine at a polling station during the primary election back in June. Pueblo police arrested Richard Patton on suspicion of tampering with voting equipment during the primary election back in June. Police were informed of a potential breach to a voting system at a local voting station in Pueblo. Patton allegedly inserted a USB thumb drive into a voting machine. The police department says it wants to assure the community that all the safeguards were in place to protect the voting process, and they have not found any evidence information was breached. A Democrat poll worker is ejected as well for pre-selecting a straight Democrat ticket on a voting machine, calling Republicans racist. Daybreak Insider congressional correspondent Bernie Bennett has more on this Election Day story. 
Local election officials told Fox News that an Indiana election office reportedly ejected a Democrat poll worker over allegations that he had pressured poll goers against voting for certain candidates and even pre-selected Democratic candidates on a voting machine last week. The incident took place at a polling place in Carmel, Indiana, under the Hamilton County Election Office. Hamilton County Election Administrator Beth Scheller stated that the inspector had learned of two separate incidents that may constitute electioneering and election interference. The poll worker, identified as James Zhang, is now reportedly being investigated by the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office, and Scheller says she hopes to see Zhang prosecuted. Bernie Bennett reporting. On Monday, reports surfaced of a whistleblower coming forward with details proving that President Biden was involved in his son Hunter's business dealings while he was vice president. According to that report, the whistleblower has identified themselves to the Senate but wishes to remain anonymous. The whistleblower testimony states they were involved in a call back in 2012. It involved then-Vice President Biden, Hunter Biden, and Hunter's business partner, Jeff Cooper. Allegedly, the older Biden asked about revenue and congratulated Cooper on getting the gambling licenses from government officials in Peru. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio says that whistleblowers from the FBI have come forward to discuss the politicization of federal law enforcement. Our job is to get the facts to the American people. We've released this report today, which just shows how bad things have gotten at the FBI and the DOJ. It's, it's all driven by politics now over there. And that is, I mean, that's, look, we live in the greatest country ever, but America is not America. If you have a Justice Department that treats people differently under the law, it's supposed to be equal treatment under the law. That's not happening. And we know it's not happening because 14 brave FBI agents came to us as whistleblowers and told us what exactly is going on here. Jordan goes on to say that should Republicans take control of Congress, they will hold people accountable. The school board issue, but it's also this in, this juice in the numbers on domestic violent extremism cases. And then, of course, just the politics that are rampant. They're actually purging now. We've had a whistleblower tell us they're getting rid of conservative, Republican-type uh, FBI agents. So that's the problem. Our job is to get the facts to the people, and then let's hope at some point we have a Justice Department that actually holds people right. accountable. While the call was not recorded, some news outlets have independently confirmed that the whistleblower did have close involvement with the Biden's friend Jeff Cooper for many years. Another one of the 12 railroad unions has narrowly approved its deal with the major freight railroads. Daybreak Insider's transportation correspondent John Scott has an update on the railway union negotiations. This offers hope that the contract dispute might be resolved without a strike, even though two other unions rejected their agreements last month. Now that 52% of International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers members who voted approved their deal, several railroad unions have ratified contracts that include 24% raises and $5,000 in bonuses. But all 12 must approve contracts to prevent a strike, so there is concern about a possible economically devastating strike. John Scott reporting. Two Kenyans are the big winners of the New York City Marathon, while the unseasonably warm weather caused the men's frontrunner to collapse and drop out. 
Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker was there. Evan Shabet won the men's race in two hours, eight minutes, and 41 seconds. There was a scary moment when race leader Daniel Genesimento collapsed 21 miles in. Race officials say he's okay. Shabet ran past him on the ground and said through a translator he felt bad for him but had to continue to race. Temperatures in the 70s made it one of the hottest in November race history. Sharon Lakiti won the women's division in her marathon debut. 50,000 runners took to the streets for the 26.2-mile New York City Marathon, back to full capacity following the pandemic. Julie Walker, New York. And finally, with a game-changing hit by Jordan Alvarez, the Astros became the World Series champions for the second time in six seasons. On a 2-1, Alvarez hits a high-drive center field. Veerling's back. This game is turned upside down. This three-run homer that possibly could be the reason why they win the World Series. What a blast. And the more you see a reliever in a series, the better chances start going to the hitter. And you saw he knew right away. Everybody in this crowd knew right away. And unfortunately, Alvarado knew right away. The Astros took down the 87-win Phillies, who came into the championship game as the National League's sixth seed but went on to oust the Padres in the NL Championship Series to advance to their first fall classic since 2009. However, the Astros aren't the only ones celebrating. Jim Mattress Mac McIngale, a superfan of the team, has won $75 million for betting that the Houston team would win the World Series. The 71-year-old owns the Gallery Furniture Chain placed a $3 million bet on the Astros to win the World Series with Caesars Sportsbook. When asked what he would do with his winnings, Max says he was going to reward his customers by refunding the money they had paid to purchase their mattresses. All the money, all the customers that were in the promotion, they totaled up to about $75 million. So all that will be given back at refund parties starting in a couple of weeks to our great customers. <laughs> but we, we get to keep the goodwill and the customers have a lifetime positive experience with gallery purchase. So it's the best brand building exercise we could ever do. And on top of that, we sold a lot of matches, so everybody wins. Mac went on to say that he's just lucky. They had the best of it, but the Astros had a great run. I got very lucky. The Astros are a great team, and I'm just a lucky furniture guy who's <laughs> going to give back lots of money to 7,000 happy customers. According to multiple reports, the $75 million is believed to be the largest payout in sports betting history after he placed $10 million in bets across several sports books. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.